Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. The, the courtroom and legal proceedings that take place there would seem to be uh, somewhere where you, you create definitive answers. Uh, a case of some sort is held, the verdict is given, and as such, the original dispute is resolved. Well, today we're going to find out that things are not quite as simple as that, and uh, the judgment in a trial is by no means the end of the legal process. In some cases, it might just be a beginning point. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and uh, today we're going to learn about uh, that post-judgment process, the proceedings that take place, what happens after a case is ruled on. We've got a terrific resource to guide us through this discussion, as I welcome Lavelle Law Attorney Heidi Kuffel back to the podcast uh, Heidi, we haven't had a chance to talk to you in a while, so I'm glad you're here. I hope all is well. Have you been uh, doing okay over at Lavelle Law? I have. Thank you, Jim. Glad to be here today. Good, good. Glad to have you. Now, you know, as I say, I think we're all predisposed to thinking that a court case is over once the final determination is made by the by the judge or the jury. Um, I guess you're going to tell me that that might be something of a, a false assumption as to when a case really ends. That's exactly right, exactly right. I think that lots of times people have this perception of, um, you know, going to court, uh, winning at at your trial, and saying it's all done and over with, um, and once you have a judgment, kind of uh, thinking that that's a check in your pocket, which is not the case. Uh, so there's this whole other procedure that happens after a judgment is entered, um, which are uh, called the post-judgment proceedings, is, as you have um, stated, and... Um, yeah, I mean it's it's just a it's a whole other process. Well, let's let's talk about that process and and how this all plays out then. Um, so clearly, as, as you mentioned, that that judgment does not end the case, and it sort of is it like an entirely new phase that we move on to then once that's taken place. Right, that's exactly right. So unless there's some kind of a settlement agreement um, between the parties um, where the case is dismissed and then perhaps they have a uh, they leave it with a, a right to reinstate in the event of a default. Um, if you just are if you just have a judgment and there's no prior um, arrangement as far as payment goes, you'll be uh, starting to um, issue issue citations on that judgment in order to start collection. Okay. Well, let, let's talk about the process. And, and just, just to be clear, as you said, you know, that that judgment then sort of triggers all of this. Um, tell me about, you know, citations and, and what happens as you begin this, this post-judgment phase. Sure. So there's there's many routes um, to, to choose as far as um, how to collect and, and begin the process. And many times um, it's it's what you know about uh, the defendant who the judgment is uh, entered against. So uh, the more information you know about that defendant, the um, the easier it is going to be to collect. So there's um, three different routes, um, three different types of citations that we can uh, issue. Which uh, there's an individual citation. There is a third-party uh, citation, and then there is what's called a third-party wages citation. Um, all choices and options available, and um, and they could be issued um, simultaneously as well. Okay. So if uh, I am the plaintiff and I'm going to receive or have received judgment to um, 
to do that, we're going to start this investigation. What what exactly are you going to start to look into and investigate about the defendant to, to initiate and perhaps then ultimately make the decision on which of those paths to take? Sure. So if you, um, the I guess the, the easiest one would be directly to uh, the defendant, um, mm-hmm. sending a, a citation to them and then attaching uh, just a list of, basically it's a list of uh, the assets you would like them to um, sh- share with you to produce. Um, and so they are uh, basically ordered to uh, produce like federal income tax returns, um, any evidence of any kind of um, um, loans or any kind of um, title they have to any kind of property or uh, real property, any kind of um, garnishments, or basically you just want, we're trying to get just a financial picture of, um, of, of the individual. So that's that's probably the, the first and foremost easiest route as far as um, just issuing it to the directly to the defendant. Uh, then we also have, if, if we do know where that, the defendant works, we could send a citation to their employer, and that has information relating to how much uh, the uh, defendant makes and how much of that um, is actually something that can be withheld. So there's a calculation actually on the citation as to the amount that can be withheld um, uh, pursuant to the guidelines um, from, from any kind of check that can go towards um, paying off that judgment amount. And then lastly, there's the, uh, the the third party, and that is to uh, someone other than the employer um, who is holding some kind of property of the defendant. And um, again, we'd be asking for basically the financial picture there as well. Um, and, and similar questions as the individual, but, you know, perhaps with some slight deviations. And just to clarify a little bit on that third instance there where it's a third party that, uh, you know, has some interest in an asset, might that be a situation uh, uh, such as a bank that that holds a, a mortgage on a on a piece of property? That's exactly right. That's exactly right, and and that is uh, that is a very common um, usage of that uh, third party uh, citation would be uh, issuing to a bank. Okay, um, so once these. Um, citations go out, you're trying to gather this information. Let's start with the individual instance first. Obviously, they have been a defendant in a lawsuit of some sort. Um, They've had a judgment against them. Um, My guess, perhaps, is they might not necessarily be in the mood to cooperate. Once once this uh, uh, request for information goes out to them, you know, what's their obligation to make sure they get a response back in some particular amount of time? Sure. So um, on the citation, they are to respond by a certain uh, date that's listed um, on the the actual citation, and then there's actually a court date listed on there as well. Um, So the defendant is supposed to provide these documents as well as present themselves at the court date. Um, If you know, sometimes either one of those could happen where mm-hmm. um, the defendant doesn't produce any of the documents and doesn't come to the court date. If that is the case, um, all we need to do is make sure that we had service of the citation on, on the defendant, and if so, um, the the court will issue a petition to rule. Um, now, that's basically just a, sort of like a, a warning as um, – you know that this needs to be complied with. We're giving you a second chance, but you're further down uh, the line, uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And we find the same situation then with with the third party, an employer or other. They they too have a, an obligation to respond in the same manner. 
Exactly. They they too have an obligation to respond, and they're they're um, they have the same court date listed on there and the same answer. Oftentimes, you'll find with corporations, they will um, answer, but they will not attend the court date. That is fine. I mean, we we do have the information in front of us, um, and usually will not send a representative uh, there. But again, there's usually an answer. If there isn't an answer filed, um, there's you know the stakes are are high for uh, that third party because a, a conditional judgment. Uh, can be entered against them for failing to comply. And that's sort of a warning prior to the issuance of a final judgment. And what happens there is at the final judgment, uh, the the third party who really had nothing to do with the original judgment being entered now has a judgment against them just for not complying uh, with with answering the court order. So, I mean, the, the stakes are very high for these third parties, even though, you know, they aren't parties to the suit. They they sort of become parties to the suit when they are required to answer these citations. Okay. Well, uh, my guest you're hearing from today is uh, Attorney Heidi Kuffel. Um, Heidi holds her, you know, both a bachelor's degree and MBA from Clark University and received her law degree from the University of Iowa College of Law. She has been with us before as an experienced litigator, uh, handling cases for both individuals and, and corporations, and it's always to our advantage when she can make time to, to visit the podcast. Uh, and when she can't, you can still learn more from her by, by following articles she posts at labellelaw.com. And uh, I think before too long, we're gonna we're gonna get her to contribute to the new video library that we're building over at LavelleLaw.com as well. So we will uh, continue to to call upon her. Um, and Heidi, as, as we talk about these things, um, it, it almost sounds almost discouraging to you know to enter a lawsuit. What, what from a plaintiff's point of view, for someone who who wins a, a settlement? You know, should they expect this to take X months or years, or you know, what what is it really going to take before they see a settlement? <laughs> That's a great question. That is a great question. Uh, it really, it just, it just really depends on your uh, your defendant. And I mean, sometimes these are very, very quick proceedings. Um, and you know, it just took the the issuance, um, and and they're willing to you know work with you, cooperate. Um, sometimes you know the paperwork might be a holdup, but they're you know. It, it comes through, and you have court dates to sort of keep everything in line. Um, other times, it could be a problem with even um, uh, finding the defendant. Perhaps the defendant has left or relocated, um, or something like that, where that can kind of um, make it difficult to to issue these. So it's not it's not um, horrible collecting on judgments, but it, it it certainly can be difficult. And in the process. Um you know, quite frankly, there's more of your time involved. There are probably potentially some, some court costs involved. So someone who files a lawsuit does get something in their favor. Are they then, quite frankly, running up additional legal bills trying to collect, or does part of the judgment include any costs incurred that, that perhaps the defendant would also have to pay? They, there are additional fees for collecting uh, that, that judgment, Um However, it really isn't um, a lot of, of court dates, and once once the uh, original sort of research on um, on how to proceed uh, with the various citations is, is uh, accomplished, there really isn't a, a lot more um, work that gets put into that. And again, unless you know the defendant has moved around um, a bunch, but uh, th- there really isn't a lot of uh, additional uh, court proceedings usually. Okay, and and I've sort of couched this conversation today to reflect an instance in which a a suit may have taken place between two individuals. 
is the process the same if it is sort of a corporate uh, case where it's one corporation um, challenging another? Uh, yes, uh, the it, it would be very similar. Um, it would be a very similar situation. Uh, of course, then you know um, it's whether or not the corporation should have an, an attorney. Um, of course, and you know the process may be a little bit easier with an attorney uh, representing uh, that mm-hmm. that defendant as well. So. Okay, and, and finally, just to, one last thing here. I'm, I'm probably stepping out of bounds here a little bit, but we, we talked about you know how the judgment is paid and and the process to to gather the information, the tax returns, income, whatever it might be. If um, if a judgment is given of of X dollars uh, or whatever whatever the judgment might be. Um, is it is there a negotiation process that says, look, I you know I I can't pay you that right now. I can pay you that over so many months or years, or is there a re- you know a reduction that's negotiated, or is that settlement or is that judgment rather final and that's what is pursued and and needs to be accounted for? Um, the judgment the judgment is um, final. However, that you could have um, prior to that negotiated, um, you know what what. Um, what that amount could be, and you could also negotiate, um, you know, a payment uh, a payment arrangement after the judgment is entered, and what would be um, full satisfaction of that judgment to the uh, creditor or the plaintiff. And that's where working with the employee, perhaps garnish wages or something like that, might occur. It, right, exactly, and and then once um, once that judgment is fully paid, um, there'll be a, a release that is um, uh, filed with the with the court, so that um, they are made aware that there is no longer uh, a judgment um, still due and owing. Okay, well that does bring the conversation to some finality there, and what I'll need to then is uh, also say thanks to, to Heidi and let her get back to work at Lavelle Law. She's always a great contributor, and I, I certainly thank her very much for being here today. And, of course, to all of our listeners, uh, certainly thank you as well. Appreciate your time. If you'd like to learn more about uh, Heidi's practice at Lavelle Law, uh, you just simply visit lavellelaw.com. Uh, or if you want a direct conversation, uh, Heidi can be reached at 847-705-7555. And uh, always, uh, you'll always get a chance to talk to an attorney on your first call there if Heidi or someone else is not available, 847-70-7555. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.